All right, so we're recording. What do we even? <laughs> Gaia and Sarah save the world. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Gaia and Sarah save the world. Is that even our, the name of our show anymore? Like, um, I think we failed. We we didn't do it. Okay, so this is our first remote recording that we've ever done for now this is the only way we can record um we don't have like a specific full-fledged topic for today we just kind of more so talked about how different like thought processes that we have found ourselves having during wait can we just say it like what are we gonna do are we just not gonna say it can we COVID-19, global pandemic, coronavirus, there, we said everything. I do think that it gets demonetized, but we're not making like tons of ad <laughs> revenue anyway. We were just gonna talk about different thought processes we've had during coronavirus because, you know, it's been like a day-to-day -day shift of different layers of thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and not to like, we're not gonna go into like a full-blown like darkness, despair, episode but i think that there are some mindsets to have during this that can be helpful and also not any of them are necessarily right and there's definitely not like a template for this this is completely uncharted for everyone in existence yeah. um i do think it's really tough like i've found myself struggling with what i want to I guess like fully say like publicly on the internet about it because yeah. I have so many complex feelings about it and it changes kind of day to day which I think a lot of people are going through right now mm -hmm. um I think I your Instagram post what you wrote really summed up kind of my approach to everything um just that <sighs> there's so many people who are in like worse situations right now than certainly you or I are um but it, it's also okay and valid to feel like whatever range of feelings that you're gonna feel uh so I think that's kind of like the starting point for this episode that like we know that even though we're being affected by this like by far like we're in a better position than a lot of people are um yeah i'm unemployed like so many other people are because Hi. of this <laughs> uh we both are um but it's kind of different like with you freelancing like do you feel like unemployed or do you just feel like you're normal like routine with work and what you're able to do has been put on halt like where do you kind of see yourself like right now like what's your take on it I definitely like I guess it's weird to say like unemployed because you know with freelance it's like so up and down and there right. are periods where like there's kind of like lulls but I guess I kind of do feel unemployed because I had so much work lined up for like a month and a half straight um, and it was actually going to be one of like the busiest, more successful periods um, in my career. Um, yeah. 
and now it's all gone. So I'm like, oh, I think it's no especially <laughs> heartbreaking too because you were like branching out and doing new things that you hadn't done yet that you've been wanting to do for so long, and then to have oh, that know. taken away, like I cannot. I mean, that's just so awful. And I know that's like a lot of people. Um, like for me, I am supposed to have this month like a big engagement celebration finally mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with my partner. And then next month I'm supposed to have a wedding and those things are both canceled now. And that's like stuff that I've been looking forward to for like years. It's just not happening. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's so weird because it's also like the right thing to do. Like it's, and that's the only thing that we can do is is really just abstaining from our normal day to day life, but also not having like events that we plan to have. Um, and it's it's weird because I think it highlights how much we have a problem with not doing things. Yeah. Um, like, oh, I was just going to say, um, I can't even imagine what it would feel like to have like your wedding planned and then be like, oh, you know, it's not <laughs> happening. And also yeah. we don't know the date to postpone it to like, yeah. that's really crushing. It's just indefinitely like off the table. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> you know, that's, I don't know. It's, it's forever altered like the timeline of, of so many people's lives. Um, and when we don't even know how yet. I think that's what's really strange too, is we don't know, there's no going back. I, I fully believe there we will not be going back to normal and what normal was <laughs> is gone and it's not going to be normal ever again. Um, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and, I, and, and we don't know what the new normal looks like. Um, I think also something that I'm struggling with and probably other people are too is is this very um American culture of being a workaholic and um feeling like everything I do has to produce something like I always have to be productive and working towards something um and everything I do has to have like tangible and meaningful results um Mm -hmm. So kind of existing in a new space where I'm not giving myself strict routines. I'm giving myself some kind of loose um, things to do each day just to make sure I'm keeping my mental health in check, which I think it will be a big thing we can talk about probably is like, and there's a lot of resources out there uh, for mental health during these times, but um Anyway, my brain also is, like, not functioning the same. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's just normal now. Yeah, it's it's weird. But, uh, you know, going from being a person who was working some weeks 70 hours a week plus doing our podcast, so sometimes, you know, sometimes that could feel like, not that the podcast feels like a job, but it's, like, an additional workload plus yeah. other things in my life. Like, now it's almost like I just want to want to do nothing, but I also – feel guilty about doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give myself a, a strict new routine. And I don't think that, I don't think being in a super strict routine was good for me before. So I don't really want to continue it. But I also, you know, 
I think I've said to my therapist like so many times over the past year or longer even like that I want something like big and crazy to happen and change things you know shut up you said that to you said that to your therapist oh yeah like a lot um I have said the exact same thing (laughs) so I have really weird feelings about what's going on yeah I've said that probably almost every session And part of it's because of my inability to make decisions about certain things in my life. And I just want a catalyst to change things for me. But part (laughs) of it is also, and I'm not just talking about my personal life, but I'm talking about like wanting a big system shakeup, you know? Yeah. And then here we're in it. And I'm like, well, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted. (laughs) You know, it's not what anybody wanted, but um, that feels weird. It's really weird. Yeah. It's, it's super weird because I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so taken back by the fact that you said that you wanted something like big and gnarly to happen because I've had a weird fixation on like catastrophic events since I was a child. Yeah. And I have had this really weird thing that I've always talked about where I, I always said that I wish that something big, not necessarily like, you know, horrific, but something big would happen in the world that would force us into some like deserted island scenario where people would have to actually discover who they are outside of their ego and their jobs and you know all the norms of our human societies and Mm -hmm. just I guess it's more about like soul development or finding out who you are and what value you actually bring Mm-hmm. And I don't see how we would truly assess something like that unless our structures were completely abolished, which we're not fully seeing right now, but we're seeing them crack. Yeah, and and even though we're not seeing it going away, we're also seeing all of the flaws in it. And I think it's kind of, you know, if I think about where I was um, as far as the way I view the systems in place in our country like a couple years ago to where I am now like I definitely have more complex views on it and I see more of the flaws and I think it's really like catapulted a lot of people further along in seeing just what the flaws are um I mean especially obviously with our healthcare system like yeah this is it's so strange to be in this situation when it does seem avoidable if we had just had a different philosophy and i mean we as like collectively like our nation had had a different philosophy and not just our nation but like a lot of places you're seeing like flaws in in healthcare and hospitals running at capacity and all this kind of stuff is like what like that's that's really just how it's been and we've just been all walking around like that's fine, everything's great, when this collapse was just going to happen. And I've been pretty keen to know, or you know, keen on knowing that a pandemic would come rock the system. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is because of my involvement in like the animal rights movement and just knowing um, that we do create conditions to where these kinds of, uh, things can happen and also my involvement in you know giving a shit about climate change and stuff and just knowing that mm-hmm. this kind of stuff is it's gonna happen and it's this is not um 
you know, we're seeing more and more about the shutdowns being extended longer. Uh, but this mm-hmm. isn't the the last time this is going to happen. Like it's going to happen again, and and maybe with this very same COVID nineteen, it will continue happening because it's going to be so long before we can realistically vaccinate for it. And yep, you know, like I was reading a great article um, uh, on the Atlantic, and we'll link it. Um, but we'll most likely have to do like multiple periods of complete social distancing to get through yep. this. So even if things go back to normal for a time, which may happen depending on different things, it it will probably come back. And this is just gonna be a normal thing now. So it really feels like even as a person who is expecting this to happen in my lifetime, it feels Mm -hmm. like a timeline shift, you know? Like it feels like we woke up in a different reality. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's really how it feels like I feel like that's a collective shared feeling yeah like a lot of people are saying like it feels like we shifted it feels like we're on a different timeline it feels like we're you know we switched into a universe like that's similar like something that's just a little bit different um but what you said about this happening multiple times I think that that is information that most people aren't focusing on um I think people are very much in the like what let's just find out things about like the next week or two but i think it's important to look at the realistic timeline of this and while we can't say for certain what is or isn't going to happen i mean medical professionals and scientists are pretty clear in that this is not just a this is going to hit in the spring and then we're all good type of situation yeah and we don't have the adequate time to completely rebuild our system and buildings and like everything that would need to go into place to make this not a big deal. So this is frightening and it's frightening in my opinion, because we don't have an end in sight and without an end in sight, it gives you no sense of control. And that's where it it spirals into fear-based thinking that seems Mm -hmm. like it just won't ever stop. Yeah. Um, I am noticing that like completely unrelated anxieties that I have are kind of worse right now. Um, I think that's probably something normal that people are feeling, but it is just a higher anxiety time because there's such a sense of um, just having no control and having no influence over what's happening. And this is something so much greater than any any individual. and we can't really do anything about it. And and it also is really perplexing because it is giving people a lot of time that they didn't have before. So I'm seeing it's an, another thing that's like exacerbating my personal anxiety is seeing so many people being uh, like grateful for having more time and mm-hmm. Um, you know, grateful for being able to work on things that they've been putting off. And while I, I agree, like, that it is good in, in some ways that we have that, I also just think it's like, okay, let's not capitalize on a pandemic. It, and, then, and speaking of capitalizing on it, like, people trying to 
market stuff and sell stuff right now is disgusting to me. You know, there's just a lot of I like really, really complicated feelings for me about people being grateful for this time and like taking advantage of this time. But at the same time, like what else are we supposed to do? You know, so we, we do have yeah. to kind of make the most of it, but, and maybe that's because I have so much like internal like guilt revolving around like myself and thing and choices I make, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like, I feel like both equally is like the best way to approach it. Like, I think if we don't, practice some form of gratitude during this then we kind of won't mentally survive this because how are we going to balance all of this darkness unless we can think like okay I've got this situation what can I do to possibly make something good come out of it Mm -hmm. but I think the extreme shift in that is like what you're saying like these products and companies that are popping up and marketing things to us while we're in a pandemic because they're trying to cash in on this very unique time period like I also have complex feelings on that because while I I think that's evil but right at the same time I'm like well we're we're suffering under capitalism if people are in a financial crisis and they need money what else are they supposed to do right and they exist in a system that is all about extracting profit from every situation and and the reason that the situation looks so dire uh here in the united states is because we have a healthcare system based on extracting profit so of course if that's all that we know and that that's all we're taught to value of course people are going to be seeking profit right now and we're also dependent on profiting in order to survive or it feels that way you know and and i do think there's this other element of like realizing how much stuff is made up and fake you know it's all fake like this Everything's is what we're fake. learning it's all fake money is fake and you know uh capitalism is just a set of stories that someone told and we're living inside of that idea and and it's falling apart right now because it got tested by something it can't survive and it's really clear that we do need to have a shift but then at the same time like elections are on hold like yeah we gotta we gotta get someone different (laughs) Uh, yeah to be in control right now and that i what's the timeline on that like everything is upside down i think has been my main uh thing that i've been saying which is comforting in a way to just be like yeah everything is upside down right now it just is. <laughs> We're living in the upside down. Like, yeah. it's really happening. Yeah. Um, I saw a TikTok about this the other day. It was, like, a really kind of, like, funny video where a guy was, like, when you realize that you're living through an event that's going to be, like, taught in someone's future social studies or history class. Oh, yeah. And that's so weird to think about because the – the gravity of this situation this isn't just like something bad happened in the united states like this is something massive worldwide that people are going to talk about forever Mm -hmm. yeah and and we're still in the beginning of it like that's something that 
can feel overwhelming. Like, oh, yeah, and also this is the beginning of it. Uh-huh. Whoa. Like, whoa. Like, that's just, you know, a little overwhelming. So I think the one day at a time kind of mindset is helpful. Just for me, I've had to really, really, really limit my intake of information. Um, but I also think it's important to be educated right now and to know what's going on. So, you know, whether you're limiting the amount of time you'll allow yourself to look at stuff or just, you know, trusting someone who can maybe handle more to give you information. That's kind of what mm -hmm. I've been doing. Um, that is, is a way to cope with it. But at first I was like refreshing oh, yeah. the news every one second you know I've really had to stop because I was just going nuts it's interesting because usually like when people give advice on how to get through situations it's based on having been through something similar right so you know going through this a couple of days back I remember talking to my mom and saying like oh well you know you've been alive like considerably longer than I have like what would your take or advice be on this? Because sometimes I'm just feeling at a loss as yeah. of like what to do. And she basically said like, I may have been alive like a lot longer than you, but this is a first experience for every single person that's alive right now. Yeah, my grandfather who is uh, 93, so he's lived through uh, most of kind of the known terrible world things that we yeah. can ever talk about. He said that nothing has ever felt like this. Like even world wars have yeah. never felt like this. Uh, I, which is crazy. I can't even imagine. Like, mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it would be like to be someone in that age bracket, having seen the world change so rapidly yeah. in the time that you've been alive and then to experience something like this. I know, because this is so complex. It's on such a different level. And it's, there is no, I mean, the only template for it is from 1918. So, like, yep. the only template for it is 100 years old and doesn't, and it kind of applies. But that, that story, you know, is a herd immunity story. And yep. we don't want to, I mean, eventually herd immunity, fine. But seeing people who are suggesting that herd immunity is the answer right now, the amount of loss and I won't even call it sacrifice like that's calling no. for like people to die like that's not any uh person with political power or person with um you know a ton of money corporate influence like that is no one's well it shouldn't be anyone's decision and that's terrifying to kind of feel like just how at the mercy of systems of power we are right now too like that's another level of, of something that's really frightening. Um, but again, I just think it's capitalism obviously has been failing us and is really, really failing us right now. Um, well, uh, another thing that I was going to say is like, you're, we're talking about like how frightening it is to have like these systems fail us and stuff. But also when we're talking about like capitalism with this, I feel like when you take a step back and you look at the different um, range of people's reactions to this situation, it just shows us with like the most blinding spotlight 
who lives in a very different reality than we do because of capitalism. Yes. Like, for example, like many celebrities that have posted really bad takes on COVID-19 has been like the like world spotlight to these people do not live in the same reality that we do because of wealth and privilege. So like their experience going through something like this is not even comparable to ours. They don't have really anything to worry about. It's just an inconvenience. Yeah, exactly. And they live in situations where they would never have to leave their house anyway. Like they have everything that they could ever need. Um, And the fact that, that that exists and that so many people still currently have so much wealth when many, many people are going to be faced with tremendous financial hardship with that with that and you know we may be included in that like we don't know really what the future is going to hold for us and the fact that we could redistribute the wealth of like a few dudes and everyone Uh would be fine that's insane it's it's truly insane and not okay and why 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 it's it's immoral (laughs) that's what I will never understand like when you try to explain to people that like somewhat or fully support capitalism and you break it down like okay first of all there's no ethical way to be a billionaire so if you took the money that they have made by exploiting other people and redistributed it to other people we could take down human suffering so drastically that it would be like a different world that we live in and they're like but that's their money. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, what is that? Like, is it the, do people defend billionaires and this concept because they believe that there, there's a decent chance that they'll become one? I do like, think so. I do <laughs> think that people are very sold on the um, American dream. And I mean, I've lived in the United States my whole life, so I can only really speak to what it's like to witness billionaires in this country. Um, but I think... It, it does, we do believe this dream that like anyone can achieve anything, even though, you know, st- statistically that's not really true. Research shows that that's not really true at all. And that most people yep. who do accomplish a lot in their life started from privilege. Most yep. people started from wealth. Even if, even a lot of like rags to riches stories, if you look at them deeper, aren't. Um, I know it's a big it's a big like charade that is like pushed into our brains and I feel like certain industries do it more where they're like this is how I went from nothing to on top and that's why you got to wake up at 4 a.m. every day to put every minute into it but that's like to create a system where you feel like shit because you feel like you have to wake up at 4 a.m. every day to be the best and to live your life exceptionally so that you will one day have a chance at like being an exceptional person like these people that are on pedestals. It's literally playing the lottery and people think that the odds are in their favor, that there's like some weird equation on, if I work 16 hours a day for two years, then I will be a millionaire or a multimillionaire. People like, they believe this because they don't actually educate themselves on the statistics and the likelihood of this happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, it's, I hate to say it, but yeah. it's not going to happen. It's really not going to happen. And 
Um, and if it does, then you're you're part of a very, very small percentage of very lucky people. Um, but but there's privilege that comes from, you know, all kinds of things. And I feel like a lot of things are like sold as like still not being privileged. Like this is a random weird example, but I remember watching um, a Netflix documentary on Steve Aoki and talking about how he built his empire of music. And oh, by the way, his dad owned Benihana, but also, yeah. <laughs> but then they're saying like he never took money from his dad though, and da 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 da. But even just knowing that your parents are really wealthy changes what your life is like versus knowing that your parents couldn't help you if you needed yes. their, their help. You know, that, that alone makes a difference. People who are really feeling this the hardest, like, are really at the mercy of a terrible system. Like I hope that there's a way to shake it up and and be a part of a of a change and a shift, you know? And that's another thing too is like maybe this is an opportunity to like grassroots ground up change things. That's the same hope I have is that this experience will teach us that the only way that we're ever going to change anything on a structural level is by a being educated about what the fuck is happening which i have to stress is like the most important thing in this like where you're getting your news from it really fucking matters so if you watch fox news you have no idea what's actually going on in the world yeah um yeah that and even the sources that you do trust like have more than one because they screw it up sometimes too you know, so I think it's great to rely on, on trustworthy publications, but also to find some trustworthy individuals too, like doctors yeah. and scientists who you can follow along with, you know, um, and and talk about it. Like, I do think it's important to have conversations with people around you and, and see how other people are feeling and what it looks like to them. Because again, like, we can always reinforce the bubbles that we're in by being on the internet you know we can always reinforce what we're believing but I do think it's important to understand like what this experience feels like for other people and it can feel difficult and a little hopeless if you're seeing how this experience feels to people who are consuming information that you know to be false and just Uh it's really frustrating I've experienced a lot of really really frustrating moments maybe some of the most anger i felt in years actually i've had to remind myself like a lot of people are working with bad information right now and that's all the information that they have um so but all you can do is is be educated so that you can at least give facts and if they're gonna believe it then they will and if they don't then they don't yeah, I I have felt that similar rage that you're speaking of, mm-hmm. um, and I had to take I had to take a step back from it as well because when this all started happening, um, I feel a little bit fortunate because a family member of mine does get information uh, quicker than most people for stuff like this, so I was mentally well not fully mentally prepared but I I had an idea of what might be happening pretty early on I would say when was this like the first week of February maybe Mm -hmm. um so I believed it and prepared like accordingly um but 
it was really, really hard by the time, like, maybe the first or second week of March rolled around when the information is public about what's happening, how this works with social distancing, how just going out and hanging out with four people literally, like, ends up killing hundreds of people. Like, it's a huge deal. Um, to get on Instagram and flip through, like, stories and seeing people that I know being like, nothing's going to stop me sitting at restaurants, traveling, stuff yeah. like that. And, and, and people on all ends of, like, political spectrum. Yes. You yes. know, like... It wasn't just Republicans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really hard to watch because the mentality that these people were holding with it is it's not going to likely kill me, so I'm just going to be careful and be fine. Right. And... I was just watching it day after day being like, oh my God. So that mentality is I'm going to do what I want and I don't care if this results in other people dying. Yeah. Let's be real. That's what that means. That's absolutely what that means. Some of the people I saw that were still continuing to go out were people in their like early 20s and they were kind of like, who cares? You know, nothing's going to stop me. And I had to curb my judgment on that to be like, you know what? I was a fucking idiot when I was 22 Mm -hmm. and maybe I would have made similar decisions. Maybe I would have thought like, well, this isn't going to stop me from going out to a goth club. Like, you know, I don't know that that's what I was doing at 22. I don't know if I would have made educated decisions. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done either if I was a younger person going through this. Um, I mean, I'd love to be like, oh, I definitely would have taken it seriously, but I really, I don't know. And yeah. I, I don't know how I would be dealing with it if I hadn't been born as a person who questions everything, but also is so curious that that's had me tuned into, you know, science and stuff like that for my whole life. Yep. So I'm not trying to say like, I don't think either of us are trying to say like, we're better and we handled this correctly because even people who are still not handling this correctly could be working with really bad information or at a who knows what point in their life like why they're making those decisions but I think it's so important to try to get a message out there to people who are still not complying and and it's getting harder and harder to not comply because it's being enforced but that's another thing that I really dislike about our system is that oh people aren't doing what we want criminalize it fine them take their money like I also hate that, you know, like I wish, um, I wish that wasn't how things are working right now. Like you shouldn't have to get a fine for leaving your house or like pulled over for trying to go somewhere. Like we should have a better message and a more consistent message coming, uh, from the top so that people will be more likely to behave how they need to behave right now. You know, but we don't have a consistent message coming. Uh, state to state, there's not a consistent message, and certainly not from the White House. So certainly not from the White House. <laughs> and the messaging from the White House is not only inconsistent, but like a lot of it is, is lies and false. And, and straight up, <clears throat> straight up incorrect. Where yeah. they have to literally then go back and correct within 24 hours of what they say almost on a daily basis yeah um so 
that's also scary to know that our leader currently i mean this this video is probably already demonetized but we know who the leader is oh, yeah. um is probably the worst person who could you could ever like make up to be in charge of this and that's yep. who's in charge of this right now i mean i know there's a lot of other people influencing what's going on but um it's really tough. It's it's a really tough it's a really challenging thing to see because we know that it could be at least there could be better consistent messaging and it could be handled better. Yeah, there I mean there's so many things that I I truly think would have been different if um if we didn't have the current leadership in place. So it's yeah. It's scary to think because people keep saying, like, don't politicize this issue, but I don't think that it's possible. And, and like, it's, why is making something political, like, demonized? Like, and why does that – I see that so much that yeah. where a situation happens that is inherently political because it inherently has to do with our policies. Like, you see this when there's, like, mass shootings – People are grieving right now. Don't politicize it. But it is political because there are yeah. laws in place that are not in laws not in place that allow these things to happen. Or it exactly. is political because our president did lie to the entire country over and over again. And, yeah. and did disband things that were in place to help us do I'm gonna get so mad, but um it is political. And it, it and is. we do need to be rallying against this shit <laughs> yeah we absolutely need to have our eyes wide open during this taking in what's happening and making better decisions because i think that we have personally been lied to and gaslit so many times by our president of mm -hmm. the united states that people aren't even phased when they watch the daily White House briefings. It's like, it's not even like the, oh, oh my God. It's like, we're literally watching him say, if you aren't nice to me, I won't send you medical supplies. And because we're so used to like the fuckery of him, mm -hmm. we're almost just like, oh, that's messed up. Like, we're so desensitized. It's like we've all been in, like, an abusive relationship with our leader for yes. so long. It's just like, oh, that's what he did today? Mm. Yes. And there's been, I mean, since 2016, I've been saying, like, for a long time it felt like, ah, the final straw has finally happened. We're all collectively going to throw our hands up and be like, all right, we've had enough. Get him out of here. And then it would escalate more and more and more to the point where eventually I realized that's never going to happen. Like, there's no. never going to be a collective like, oh, wait a second. Like, at first this appealed for whatever reason. Not that it, it never appealed to me, but it did appeal to a lot of people for various reasons. But I felt that collectively, like, as humans in the United States, there would eventually just be a moment where everyone saw through it. But that hasn't happened and and i think his approval ratings are up right now so you know they say that but i don't really believe it yeah like who's who's 
who's approving? Like, where's this like, rating coming from? <laughs> I they didn't ask me. <laughs> when I get on, I know this isn't like a proper like gauge of what things are, but when I am on Twitter and social media, every single day I'm seeing people saying, "I previously was a Trump supporter, and now I'm not for the following reasons," or. I voted for Trump and planned on voting for him again, but now that I've seen, you know, what is going on, I'm not going to. Yeah. And I, I see that every single day. And I could just be getting lucky and seeing that stuff, but I don't know. I think a lot of people are uh, real quiet during this. I mean, I've heard people who I know to be very uh, right-aligned say... Bernie Sanders is right. <laughs> Which I'm like, hell yeah. Say that again? But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we do yeah. need the universal healthcare, among many other changes to happen, you know? Yes. Uh, but it's been, there have been moments like that where I'm like, did I hear you say that? Uh -huh. like, That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think this is so obviously political and so obviously entrenched in what our systems are and what our policies are and I don't think there's a way to really dissect it from being political and I think that that is um another lie that's told to people is is that making making things political is like inherently um like insensitive or somehow insulting to people who are suffering like don't make this political, there's people grieving, or don't make this political, like people are dying, we all just need to band together right now, is a way of like making people less up in arms against the system. Uh, and I, I think we should be up in arms. I think we should be like fucking pissed. I do feel like putting band-aids on it and trying to go back to normal is not going to be realistic. Well, and that's something that I think would happen if this was a 30-day event. Right. I feel that if March was what March was, which God was like a fucking decade. Yeah, um, March was a whole decade. If like somehow, you know, COVID-19 disappeared April 1st, here's what would have happened. Everyone would have literally just forgotten about it and gone back to their previous lives. But because this is going to take so many months or even we don't even know long-term how long this is going to take. It yeah. could take way more than several months. This is the only scenario where we can generate that type of collective change and understanding of what's going on instead of just slipping back into our normal previous patterns because they're comfortable and familiar. Right. Um, nothing is going to be the same after this. And if somehow it is the same for certain people, I would have to think that they're drones. Like, they're just asleep to what is going on. And you know what? I think a lot of people are. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that we uh, are constantly kind of inoculated with information that makes us asleep, you know? Like, we're, we're taught to be asleep. I think something interesting we could talk about is almost like the, the deeper... Um, psychological, mental, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, experience that this could grant us in both, like, light and dark ways. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, like, 
And in like the spiritual realm, it's like referred to as shadow work, where you like examine like the darker parts of yourself that you try to not deal with in any way mm-hmm. that still like creep around. Um, so if you look at it from like a psychological aspect, it would be all of your issues that you push down and don't deal with, your truths that are too much to bear, things like that. Yes. I do feel like we have an opportunity to do some work. Yes. I actually, or go ahead, finish your thought. Oh, I was just going to say, but I feel a little weird making um, a kind of like reductive statement like that because I do feel like that is something that only applies to people with a certain level of privilege during this because Mm -hmm. people living in poverty aren't going to have the privilege of, oh, let me just do some soul work right now. This is going to hit them the hardest. So when I say that, I mean that a lot of people have the opportunity to do some deeper inner work, but not everyone is going to be that lucky. I think it's important through all of this to remember that there are people who are already in poverty before this happened who are now facing even greater hardships. Um, There's people who are now forced to um, stay at home when they're in an abusive situation and they cannot go to their job, they can't go to school or wherever that place was that got them to, you know, eight, 10 hours, however many hours of safety a day that uh, afforded them, they don't have that anymore. Uh, There's kids who will be, unable to eat the meals that they were able to eat at school. Like the the depth of how much this is affecting people is immense. And there's also people who are immune compromised of any age um, or, you know, just people of any age who are at higher risk uh, and who this is probably even scarier for. Um, so that's why, I, that's why earlier I was saying like I have – such mixed feelings and like such a hard time with people expressing gratitude for having this time because that's an inherently privileged statement um and while I think that gratitude is so important we do have to remember like oh wow like the fact that I can even be grateful right now is is literally showing that I have privilege um yep so if you're feeling grateful for having extra time right now just know like what it's truly costing and I'm not saying like bring yourself down and be fucking depressed uh but I kind of am <laughs> like I'm not saying be depressed but like this Balance is costing awareness yeah like it's just important to be aware and if you find yourself in a privileged situation maybe look at avenues that you can help other people right now because a yes. lot of people do need help um so getting that out of the way of saying like yes like being able to practice soul work is a privilege that we have to be grateful for um and that a lot of people don't have that is something that i talked to my therapist about um and that actually i heard on another podcast i really like uh my favorite murder um they were the two women who host that podcast karen and georgia were talking about one of them was talking about how her therapist said you know, usually we come in here, you kind of have to get the day-to-day shit out of the way. Like, here's what's frustrating about work. Here's what's frustrating about your relationship. Here's what's frustrating X, Y, Z. 
But now we can just really dig into the shit that's just been there for years because the the day-to-day stuff is gone. Um, And that's something that I've talked to my own therapist about, like, oh, we can actually work on shit that, you know, you really don't want to. And and some stuff, I'll admit, like, I'm like, I can't work on this today because I'm going back to work later. I can't work on this today because I have so much going on in my life that I can't create the space to be able to work on this thing. Um, So if you find yourself in a position to be able to do that, I think you, you know, take advantage of it if you can. Yeah. I mean, if you have like your basic needs met as far as like shelter and food and you're not about to be homeless, then you do have time to do things that you normally wouldn't be able to do and that capitalism doesn't really support us having. Like having the time to do soul work and deal with your past and mental health issues and things like that, those don't fit into the lifestyle of capitalism. But we're in such a unique, bizarre, whatever you want to call it, period, that if you've got work to do and you have the ability to do it, do it yeah like when else are you ever going to have a scenario like this absolutely um I think that's completely true and and of course what what doing that work looks like for you is going to be different like I know what it looks like for me but I can't say like here's how I do it because I I'm not a professional so um but I do think uh I think we've both talked about this like we I've been writing like what this experience is like because it's such a weird time you know so I've been making sure to kind of record like how I'm fucking feeling right now yeah um, and I think another thing that is important right now is is if you do have time to experience like the natural world more than you normally would if you're normally in an office or in a car or always at your computer like going outside more right now is so helping me like it's helping me so much I've just been like literally like lying on the ground and looking up some days you know um so if you can do deeper work and if you can spend more time outside safely um obviously like if you have a yard see that's another thing like some people don't have a yard right now like I'm so grateful that like I have a yard (laughs) like I don't know I there's so many people who are stuck in situations that like are not good so me being like I'm staying at home like I live in a big like nice house with a yard I have a pool I'm about to open like a lot of people don't have that so yeah like when I think about people that are living like deep in like major cities that are basically in like cement apartment buildings yeah like you don't even have options at that point unless you were to just go stand on the street and depending on where you are, maybe you're going to get fined. Maybe it's not safe because there's people walking down the street still. Right. It's just, it's scary to think that some people are going to be in the position where they are confined to only being indoors and seeing the outside world through windows because I know this is a dramatic comparison, but like solitary confinement we all know is structured to make people go fucking insane like this isn't good for our mental health yeah absolutely that's um I think this is especially hard for people who 
live alone. Like I've talked to some of my uh, relatives and friends who live alone and I am very sensitive to how much tougher that is. And I'm currently sheltered in place alone for uh, an undetermined amount of time. And it really is tough. Like people are supposed to be around other people and that's a proven like psychological and physiological need like that humans can't mm -hmm. survive without. So um, a lot of people are gonna have to go without that. Uh, so I, I have been talking to people on the phone more and like doing video calls. Of course we've been doing our movie nights for the show, mm -hmm. like stuff like that truly is like helping so much. I think a sense of community and, and camaraderie with other people uh, is just such a necessity. But again, like privilege left and right. Like I have the internet, I have a webcam, you know? Yep. It's, it's hard because when you want to throw out suggestions for like how to help people during this, you also are under the assumption that people have the same level of privilege that we do. Like right. I'm not going to lose internet during this. Right. So I can, I can do video calls. I can do our, our movie streaming nights. I can talk to people and edit things and put out, you know, I have the ability to do that. I literally like want to throw up when I just think about people not having things like that during this like I'm like literally gonna start crying and it's not it's not about not having wi-fi it's about what wi-fi does for people like being able to connect to other people when you would have normally just been alone sitting in your room like, right that's and when we aren't like we're no longer trained to know how to entertain ourselves or or to how to have comfort and boredom and we also live in a, in a system that creates so much anxiety within us um, and depression within us. And then we don't have like the same coping mechanisms. I think, I think like anxiety and depression are higher and then coping mechanisms are worse because yes. coping mechanisms are like, I know for me, it's like constantly be listening to a book or watching a YouTube video or watching a TV show. Like I, I struggle to not, um, constantly be drowning out my own thoughts you know so I I don't know I, I yeah it I think that is um like it is a really really emotional time too I think we've said like oh it's crying o'clock like I'm crying now <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like I've just crying been crying 30. more than I've cried in years because uh-huh I I think in a, a like tapped into like a collective sadness and a collective fear um yeah and yeah we were supposed to film yesterday but I knew I wouldn't be able to film without sobbing for the entire episode I was like I'll say one thing and sob it's really hard to talk about um especially if you're someone who is sensitive mm -hmm. um like for me I'm highly sensitive to things that affect other people um and I get like weird intuitive senses and dreams and stuff that amplifies it so this stuff going on plus the unhealthy uh thing that I do where it'll be three in the morning cool I should go to sleep but you know what I'm doing I'm googling every city that has COVID-19 where I know someone that lives there just to see the numbers go up every day. Yeah. Just to like freak myself out and play out these like 
horrific scenarios. And I'm like, oh, well, I know someone who lives here. Let's check over there. Let's check over here. Oh, let me sit here and think about what this would mean if something terrible happened. And then I'm just bawling my eyes out for an hour. Yeah. Why would I do that to myself? Don't really know. But it's it's bad because, you know, I'm I'm intentionally focusing on really bad potential things. But also, I feel like it's connecting me to the gravity of the situation in yeah. that we don't know how, what is going to be left when this is done. So I think it may be best, maybe, to mentally prepare ourselves in whatever way that we can. Um, I was talking about that in therapy yesterday and crying, um, <laughs> like just <Yep>. sobbing. <laughs> um talking about how I have had like a lifelong struggle with accepting mortality and the possibility of death um not really my own mortality like that's always felt actually very like normal and natural to me but the mortality of everyone I care about I can barely contend with it and I can barely imagine um surviving grief to me uh yeah. is is really really tough and and trying to prepare for the possibility of losing anyone has always been hard for me my whole life um and now i feel like i got to get like again talking about some of the deeper work that we have to do like that's a thing for me that i feel like i need to um be able to be even have the ability to to make peace with stuff like that because I hate not having any kind of ability to influence or or control or impact a situation like I hate the helplessness of um of of even just aging like I hate the helplessness of uh diseases and aging and and uh certainly this is really uh brought that fear to the forefront for me that there's like if I were to know someone and I do know several high-risk people in my life like and they got this and that then I would just there would be nothing I could do about it like that's so scary um and I I don't have any answers on how to contend with that like that's just so scary and that's just a big part of every person's reality right now that's another thing and this is very like I don't know how to really articulate it well but there's this sense right now that the train is moving or the you know we are just moving forward and it almost feels like a breakneck pace but very slow so kind of like how a car accident feels um where everything's really fast but everything's really slow at the same time yeah and it is just happening and it's just chugging along and whatever's going to happen is just going to happen and then we're just going to have to live through whatever happens we're just going to have to still be living through it no matter what it is uh and i i think that they talked about that in that same episode of My Favorite Murder that um, Karen's therapist told her, uh, we're all free falling right now, you know, and everybody's really always free falling like through their life, but we kept we keep waiting for the bottom and then something different. 
but there is no bottom and we're just going to be falling and falling and falling and falling and that's all that is and that's kind of forever (laughs) that's i mean that's essentially like what grief feels like yeah yeah like grief is like such a complex hard thing to process no matter who you are or what your life has been and we all handle it in very very unique and different ways Mm -hmm. um but it's pretty much the number one intolerable feeling for humans and it's the core of most bad behavior of people is the inability to process grief so when we're when we're facing something where we know there there is inevitable uh, grief in the near future for a lot of people i don't think that our minds can even conceive what that means or what to do with that information so we just kind of spiral oh yeah until until we get too stimulated by what's going on in our head and then mentally check out and then come back a little bit later when like things have died down a little bit but you know as much grief counseling as i have had over the last two years i still can say that grief is something nearly impossible to deal with yeah and i am obviously not a therapist but just my own observation of my process with it is that the only thing that really helps you get through it is a sense of community with mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Like people think it's, oh, you just, you it's a timeline and then this happens, which goes into this phase and then you can just take this medication and then it's all fine. You can do it that way, but if you don't have the stability of a community to help you through grief, I don't even know. It really is. I think like the most important thing right now is if you can tap into a community, have access to community, like that's that's how we do this, you know? Yeah. Like we have to we have to be together right now. And, and again, it- that highlights that that's not gonna be an option for some people. Um so we do have to have that gratitude that we are able to do that and that you know you guys listening to the show are able to do that like that's immense like it's immense I think it's like it's interesting because when I have made statements about like you know during this time it's so important that we are there for each other and if we have ways of helping other people that we do it if we have means of like redistributing even a small sense of like wealth to someone who's struggling to do it i've a couple times i've met with like that i'm being really dramatic and i just don't understand like what has to happen for people to realize the gravity of what the fuck we're living through right now yeah like is it that people don't process tragedy until it literally happens to them personally like are people that disconnected that they're only operating out of like self i just don't get it i do think it's strange that in a time when we need to feel more like collective and more together and more you know like we're all a part of 
you know, ultimately we're all humans or, you know, collective consciousness, like whatever route you want to take that. We are also in a situation where we have to be like maybe more isolated than we've ever been in our lives from other people. Um, and, and so the cure, like the way to flatten the curve and to slow this down is to self-isolate, but that can also make you feel so disconnected from the gravity of, of what's really happening. Um, because, and, and especially for people who like, a lot of people already work from home or have the ability to work from home. Like a lot of people's routines are like the same right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it could be really easy to be like, yeah, it's not that bad. You know, especially if your routine hasn't experienced like a total upheaval. Um, yeah. And especially if you're really complying with stay at home, you know, I've left my house like two times, I think, in a, how long now? Like so long now. Um, and only once was to actually like go to the store. And the other time was with the time we met in a parking lot. And it did, you did feel like, oh okay like whoa you know um it felt like astonishingly uh desolate out in the world yeah like uh we met up briefly so that she could give me um a nintendo switch so i could play animal crossing and we still went about it like the right way where we didn't come within six feet of each other like she i got out of the car she opened this the door put the stuff in like we were like apart but you know, looking around the parking lot for where we met and just seeing, like, this is what life looks like right now. That's, that's insane. Like, it's, it's also, like, I want to make sure, I know we've talked about this in other episodes, but I have a tendency to, like, turn everything in my life to, like, cinematic and, like, have that sense that I'm in a movie and I've yep. been consuming post-apocalypse film and literature since I was, like, born. Like, I watched Night of the Living Dead when I was, like, five, okay? Like, I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for this. I've, I've yeah. known this was going to happen my whole life. Like, one day we're going to be in a post-apocalyptic future. And while we haven't experienced, like, a full-fledged apocalypse, you know, there's literature about a less than full-fledged apocalypse too. Like I've, I've read this shit, like, you know, so I want to, I want to make sure I'm staying grounded in reality. Uh, but at the same time, as grounded as in reality, as I'm, you know, helping myself to feel, this does not feel like any kind of reality I've ever experienced. It feels like these alternate realities I've read about my whole life. Well, that's something I want to add is like, as someone who also has twisted their entire (laughs) life and decision making into being cinematic Mm 24-7, I have to say that I have made similar statements to every person who's probably ever known me about like what I mentioned earlier, the deserted island situation where I'm like, I want, I want it to happen. I'm built for this shit. Like... I'm ready for tribe life. Like I've said that like a million times. And I, I want to tell you (laughs) that this is cinematic. Like, honestly, 
it's not us doing that thing where we try to like make things more like i don't know exciting by putting a spin on it or whatever right like this is just just like the books and the movies that we have consumed and it's happening like page by page accordingly like tell me what's different because sarah there's just no zombies like that's it that's it and not all possibly doing it yeah i know i know we are we are all characters in a very dramatic story right now mm-hmm. yeah it really does feel like that and and that's another thing too like i'm like stay grounded in reality sarah but there's not a reality to really ground myself in you uh, know it's again that that free falling analogy or like the train just plugging along analogy like we are just on for the ride and and yep. that's why we have to take it day by day and we have to check check ourselves at every step of the way you know i think a big theme that we talk about on the show is like just be introspective and like check in with yourself all the time um and right now there's more than just ourselves to check you know you really have to check in with like what do you have right now that other people don't have and if you have things that other people don't have can you help them and what do you need that maybe someone can help you with you know because a lot of us uh i know for me i am not an ask for help person you know a lot of us are gonna have to face needing help and and learning how to ask for help um I mean, there's just so many things. Like, that's why I feel like it. it's hard to write, you know, my take on this. Or, like, talk, it's hard for me to talk about, like, how this is affecting me, you know? Because yeah. I, I really think it's the important things to communicate are, are the other things that we're talking about. Like, how systemic this is and how it is political and how a lot of people are going to be more affected than than I personally am and and people are going to be less affected than I personally am and uh you know and and taking this time to really look at what we're living in and how we've been living and and decide if is that how we keep going because I don't think it is how we keep going I I was just thinking as we were talking about all of this that there may be other people out there more people than we think who are like us who uh wear a cinematic lens and of course like we haven't even talked about people who really are on the front lines of this battle like people oh, yeah. who are in hospital you know healthcare workers who are on the front lines every day like if you have someone on the front lines like in your life like support them if you can i don't i don't know i mean i don't even know the right things to say like i I personally am not close with anybody who's like directly having to come into contact with people right now i mean i know people but i'm not like super close so i don't really know anybody's like personal experience i just know what i'm seeing online and i cannot fathom how terrifying it must be and i know that you go through school and you go through training and like you're prepared to deal with things but 
But when you're working in a system that's literally unprepared to deal with it and burdened with making the kinds of choices that we're seeing having to be made, like choosing who lives and dies, um, there's there's a lot of trauma that's going to happen from this. Like there's going to be collective trauma from this and it's worrisome because not only is our healthcare system messed up but our ability to talk about mental health is messed up our ability to deal with mental health is messed up having ptsd um having trauma is like still a difficult conversation to have you know like for me sometimes like ptsd symptoms have felt in my life like I should be able to call out of work for it type of thing. And that, that would never you happen. You should. Yeah. You know, and, and for all of us to be going through something like this that on is going to impact people to varying degrees and it's going to cause a big collective wound and it's going to traumatize people. Like, That's I'm also so- worried about the aftermath for dealing with the mental health, you know, problems because of, or not even problems, but like, keeping people healthy in their minds when we know that we fucking suck at that. (laughs) That's something that I'm very worried is going to come out of this is like, not just a nationwide, but especially in the United States because our mental health care is like a joke here. Yeah. Um, Like a nationwide mental health crisis. We're already in one before this. But the amount of people that are going to walk out of this in, like, you know, a mental breakdown at the very least, Mm -hmm. it's just looking really grim. And there's the talk, there's talk about, like, we're going to go into a depression. Like, there's, there's a lot of major things that might happen people are also fearing that there's going to be another like baby boom thing because everyone's staying at home and apparently having sex so yeah (laughs) i don't know um there's just so many so many fucking layers to this that i we've literally just skimmed the surface of like probably like nine ten layers and that's why it's so fucking offensive to still see people be like it's not a big deal it's the flu or you know, we're going to get, like, a vaccine. It's going to be fine. Well, do you know realistically how long it takes to produce a vaccine that's safe for people to use? Right. And knowing that this isn't the flu, so we know how to make flu vaccines, but we don't know how to make 19, or we don't know how, we don't know how to make vaccines for coronaviruses. Like, we don't know how to do that. Yeah. And by we, I mean scientists. Like, I obviously don't know how to do that. But, like, (laughs) yeah, there's like uncharted territory left and right like in so many different ways um so yeah yeah it's it's upside down like we are upside down right now everything is upside down we are and it's just so complex mm-hmm. um It's, it's super complex because you start thinking about things in means of like, what can I do right now? What can I do long term? And it's really just a lot of guessing. Like, yes, I think that the approach that you take and who you want to be during this matters a lot because even if we are stuck staying home um, and isolating, 
making the decision to be militant about that, like as a personal choice, is defining who you are during COVID-19. That's the person that you're deciding to be. You're deciding to be the person who doesn't help contribute to other people dying. Right. And I'm like, that's huge. That is a huge fucking deal because there is no convenient thing that you can be doing that is worth the price of someone dying. Like there isn't. Right. And, and to, to deal, like to be so (sighs) unable to be inconvenienced and also knowing that everyone is inconvenienced, like stay home, just stay home. Like it's going to suck, you know? And, and as we've highlighted, like if it sucks for you because you're bored, then that doesn't even matter because it sucks for other people for so many reasons that are way worse than that. And I know like usually I'm always like suffering is relative and like whatever is bad for you is like the worst thing for you. But again, you have to be aware that like if it's just inconvenient for you, if it's just like, uh, I want to go do stuff, like you have to realize we're all in this reality. Like we are all experiencing this. And like, that's how it feels to everyone. And then to other people, it feels even worse. So just, just stay home. Yeah. Like think about something outside of yourself because I feel like what we have seen is how many people don't think about anything outside of themselves. Like how normalized, like almost like a narcissistic mindset is for so many people. And I know that a lot of that is, you know, cultivated through capitalism and American culture, especially because we're all about convenience and me first and thinking about the consequences later. Like that's literally like basically what America is. Um, So I understand that that's probably like a massive um, cultural shift for a lot of people. But I don't know. Anytime you're in a scenario where you're having to think like me versus everyone else and you're leaning towards me, there's some problems. Absolutely. There's really some inner problems you need to deal with. Absolutely. Especially when it's such clear cut lines, you know, like a lot of times there are gray areas, but right now there's really not. There's not a gray area. It is stay home and do the right thing. And if you're not doing that and it's for any reason other than like you're unable to, yeah. then you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and not to like don't bend the rules on it either. Like don't have house parties. Don't go see your friends. That's like, that's just, another thing that like to. I think there's a misconception on like what social distancing means because I'm still seeing people meeting up with friends and being like, oh, I just had one friend over. Uh-huh. Okay, well, how many other friends did that one friend go see in the last two weeks? How many times have they been to the grocery store in the last two weeks? How many times have they stopped to pump gas and touched the pump? Like, right. that's why no matter what way you frame it, just having one or two friends over and not seeing other people, you're not doing that. You're actually just doing the exact thing that we're trying to prevent. The only way I can see that it would be safe is if the person that you are to spend time with 
has not been around another human being right in two weeks at a more than like 10 foot distance i that's the only way i can see it where it would make sense yeah it's completely true so just do it just follow the rules um don't even see it as rules like follow follow what you be smart (laughs) yeah yeah um and and maybe we're preaching to the choir like but i do think there's a lot of people who are either misunderstanding what social distancing is which there's a lot of information out there there's a lot of people contradicting each other so that makes sense um or they're just still not taking it seriously um you know the amount of people like making jokes and stuff that i i still see like i think jokes are great when they're like helping us cope i think that's great but i think when you're like making fun of the situation then it's you know like i just you can tell a joke that's made in poor taste versus not and i i don't like seeing jokes that are made in really poor taste when like hi a lot of people are dead like yeah tens of thousands so just calm down and and also i don't like hearing you know well i'll be fine i'll just get sick but like we can't even even if no one died from this we can't deal with the amount of sick people like our system doesn't work for having this many people sick either and mild symptoms just mean like you're not on uh you're not having to be on a ventilator like that's what mild means but you people still get really really sick from this yeah like this is where I think it comes down to what we said in like the beginning of this is that I think the most important thing is education. Yeah. You have a responsibility to educate yourself on the things that are going on in the world so that you in turn are not killing other people as a result of your actions. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but it is your responsibility to get educated. And I know that that is a difficult thing, especially in the U.S., Um, because we can't trust half the things that we even see on TV. But it's really easy to go to, like, the World Health Organization website or go on the CDC. It's really easy to do this. It's not a complicated thing. It's not a, like, oh, like, whose Facebook post am I going to believe this week? It's go to, like, the medical or scientific people and get the information yeah i think it's really a matter of just go straight to the source and just follow it and they have like i know the cdc i think the world health organization too like they have so many just like infographics too like you don't have to read a bunch of like difficult to understand scientific stuff uh you can look at just the infographics and it's yeah the thing is too like it's really not it can be complicated. It can be very complex and complicated, but like what we need to do on a day-to-day basis isn't. So just continue doing what we need to do, which is yeah, stay home. And stay the fuck home. Yep. Stay the fuck home. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So closing suggestions for how to get through COVID-19 according to non-experts. These are literally just opinions. Yeah, these are just things that have been helping us. 
So this isn't even things that, that we're like, it might be cool to try this. These are things that we are currently doing that are helping us. Yes. Um, if you have access to video games, play video games. Yes. Yes, um, please. Yeah, it's helpful. I think it's good to get involved in like a little storyline or just like get involved in taking a break from all the crazy stuff going on. Play a game, especially if it's a game that you can play with other people. Especially if you're not someone who normally plays video games too, because this could be like a new thing for you to yeah. do that isn't something that you've been doing on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So play a video game if you can. What's another one? Um, cool, I literally forgot. Okay, read books. <laughs> oh, um, okay, yeah. Reading books, um, doing the long-distance movie nights. So we host a movie night in our Discord community for members there, and that's been really fun. But also, if you just want to do it with your friends on Netflix, there is a way which... Yeah, there's a Chrome extension called like Netflix Party that you can use to do it yes. with people. Uh, you could also do it through your own Discord server. I think, um, I think this is still going on. Discord normally, if you have like the free server version, then you can only watch with like ten people. But Discord upped it to the paid version level, which is fifty people at a time can watch a movie together. Um, and I think that they made it so that across the board, anyone can do that in any server. Yeah. Um, so you can make a server for your friends. I know I'm in a bunch of different servers, some with people I know in real life and some with people I don't know at all. And I've seen a lot of movie nights going on. Um, and we've been doing our own, uh, which has been so fun. It's been awesome. Like, honestly, made me feel so much better. Yeah, it's really like the highlight of my day or my week like anytime we do it it's it's my favorite thing that's happening so yeah <laughs> um it's so good and uh so join our discord there'll be a link in the description if you want to participate in those um and if you don't like if you don't like the movies that we're watching then you could definitely start your own too um yeah, yeah that's a big one um i was gonna say exercise but don't feel okay i've been in the fitness industry for uh almost six years now uh, i know a lot of people have really complicated relationships with exercise complicated relationships with their bodies but i will say the main reason to work out uh and maybe i'm betraying my industry a little bit but it's not to lose weight and it's not to change how your body looks um actually Exercise is not really that effective at changing uh, your weight. It's really more about diet. So mm -hmm. exercise for your brain because it is proven that exercise does help with your mental health. Um, yes. You can exercise in any way. Um, so things that work for me, um, I like to go for walks. Um, I live in a safe neighborhood and I have dogs. So I feel okay going on walks. If I didn't have my dogs or if I didn't live in my neighborhood, if I live like places I've lived in the past, for example, I don't know if I would be doing that. Um, but I've been playing like video games that are like active. So there's like dancing video games. I've been doing that. Um, I've also been 
uh, lifting weights a little bit because I have some weights in my house, but you can use like any old thing. You can also just do body weight stuff. Um, so uh, find a way to just move your body a little bit more than you normally would. So for me, I have like an activity tracking watch. So I just make sure like I hit a certain target every day. Um, if you don't have a way to track activity, just think about like take inventory of how much you currently move your body and just move your body a little bit more. It could literally just mean like pace around your room a few times a day. Um, I mean, you yeah. could even do like going on TikTok, like there are like dances and stuff that people do for videos on there that honestly, some of them are really fucking cool. Yeah. So if it has to be some like non-traditional thing that you do, do it. I mean, that's kind of why these things like exist now. And do stuff that's fun. Like, that's why I love, like, dancing or, like, playing fitness video games um, because I think that those make it really fun. I I think that there are some people who are wired to, like, the kind of torturous aspects of working out. Um, and I am usually one of those, but not everybody likes that. And, like, who cares? Like, if you don't like that, like, there's no reason to do crazy shit to work out. But... Moving your body for at least a minimum of 30 minutes a day, whether you do it all together or break it up throughout the day, uh, helps your brain and helps you sleep. And uh, so try it. I definitely suggest it. I really want to get a bike, even though that's the last thing I can financially, you know. I bought my bike on Craigslist. Really? Oh, but then you'd have to go. Then you'd have to go meet someone. I know. Right now, I'd be really skeptical about Craigslist. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've been riding my bike, but the pollen count is so bad that I'm having to – that's why I've been it's coughing because so I went I, I went into sprints for fun earlier. Um, and now I'm coughing because the pollen. But It's bad. It's really bad here right now. Yeah. Um, other suggestions, and I don't know if, any, if anyone else would really feel the same way that I do about this, but I'm just sharing what I've done. Having this time and perspective has made me really appreciate art even more than I already do, which I didn't even think could be possible. Um, So I have spent more time on Instagram and Twitter finding artists, like finding new people that are interesting, that are outside of like the realm that I've been in, like new photographers, new models, like anyone. Um, And like really connecting with those people and really taking the time instead of just like flipping through someone's gallery, like really taking the time to look at other people's stories that they're telling through art and communicating with more artists. Um, For me, that's been really positive because I've made so many positive connections to all different types of artists all around the world in the last month, like more than I usually do over the span of a year. So following new people with different talents has been really great. Um, Um, I think connecting with art is so important and art takes all different kinds of forms, you know, like everybody likes different things. My partner likes woodworking, you know, I like different stuff than that. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, again, I think tapping into that feeling of like collectiveness and feeling of uh, camaraderie is really, really important right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the things that have been helping me the most. That and, like, writing, like, taking some time to write how I'm feeling. Uh, My therapist gave the advice um, when I'm feeling particularly anxious to just open a notebook and not even worry about using complete sentences or anything, but just write out, like, everything I'm worried about 
to get it like physically out of my body. Um, it can yes. sound kind of cheesy, like doing some exercises like that, but but it actually really does help and really does give you a sense like, okay, I got that out of my system. Um, because I think it, it causes some like internal processes that help you uh, to deal with that. Um, also just to visualize like, you know, this is a huge like therapy thing too, but whatever you're experiencing in your body, like to think about it and like see what it actually feels like, like pay attention to how it feels physically in your body yes. and how you're holding on to your stress and carrying your stress and then doing some exercises to dissipate it, which, yes, you know, you can look up different exercises you can do, uh, like mindfulness practices to help you dissipate um, stress and tension feelings in your body. Um, so th those things have been really helpful for me too um, when I'm feeling especially anxious. Um, guided yeah. meditations. Yes, like, guided meditations. I actually have recently been getting into what I found is my favorite form of meditation and it's kind of intense, but breathwork meditation. Yes. Um, it, it creates like crazy body sensations for me um, and really helps me feel physically present in the world. I know um, a lot of people may be experiencing some some dissociation right now and just feeling like very disconnected um, from the day-to-day. -day. Your routines are different. Your job is different or gone. Um, you know, uh, the world outside is completely different and everything, as we've been saying, is a total question mark. So it's very, very easy to just totally disconnect and dissociate right now. So meditation and uh yoga you know practices that help you experience your physical self and and stay like i was saying earlier like kind of stay grounded in reality even though reality is totally wacky right now um it's all super helpful <laughs> yeah definitely um and if you've never done meditation before the disclaimer I like to give people is that meditation is a skill and yeah. it is something that you have to work at because when you first start, most people really struggle with it and that is completely normal and it does get easier as time goes on. Mm -hmm. um, there's excellent sources to guided meditations through YouTube and the Gaia app too. Mm -hmm. um, I did not say that just because. <laughs> there's Calm, there's Headspace, <laughs> but use Gaia. <laughs> oh, I've I have it. It's it's actually a pretty decent app. So um, those are really good resources for guided meditation. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to wrap up our two-hour discussion. Oh, my God. This is the longest episode we've filmed in a while. Okay, so we talked about COVID-19 for a while. Um, a while. Obviously, we don't have a complete... Uh, professional perspective on everything but this is just how we feel we're not professionals like in any way we're just two people existing in this <laughs> yeah. um, however I do think that the guidelines of what uh, we are supposed to be doing are pretty clear um, so we really felt it was important to kind of reiterate that and uh, we do have other topics lined up to talk about but I think also with what our show is and, and what our platform is, like, we we did want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it would be kind of hard to not talk about what's going on. And also, I don't really think that not talking about it helps anything. Exactly. Um, 
we can't so we can't ignore this it doesn't go away uh so that was that's our voices on on the matter um but really in addition or even above listening to us like listen to experts like world health organization (laughs) definitely um also like this is our first time doing a long distance dual filming so it may not be like our i don't know what the quality or how and the audio or how any of it's gonna turn out but we're we're making do with what we've got through this yeah we are we'll continue making episodes this way like as long as it's necessary for us to do it this way um this was obviously our first time so we may learn a lot uh maybe it'll come out perfect but uh we'll learn a lot from this experience um you can join our Discord so you can participate in our movie nights. Uh, we've also been streaming on Twitch together. Uh, we've been streaming on my channel. I think we're going to set up Gaia's channel eventually too so that we can do it there <laughs> as well. Um, so that's, I'll put I'll put it on the screen, but twitch.tv slash Sarah and the Machine and twitch.tv slash Gaia Patra. Um, that's us. Yeah, that's who we are. <laughs> that's us. Uh, us. Um yeah thanks for tuning into this one i know it's uh it's a lot it's a lot on everybody right now but um you know we're we're going through it all together so we sure are thanks for watching thank you um, and then extra 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 special thanks to our patreons i do want to say that if your job and your employment status and your money has changed and you need to cancel your Patreon pledge right now, like that is that is fine. Like do yes. not feel any pressure right now. Uh, if you're able to continue your support, like it's know that it is so 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 appreciated, but please really also is. know like you have no obligation to us whatsoever. Um, yeah, make make the best decisions for your life right now. Like that should be top priority over yeah. things like that. So with that being said, um, thank you to these people. Wait, would it be this way? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> these people. These people. <laughs> An extra, mega, huge, giant thank you to these people. Why was that so hard? Why is, why is this so hard?